Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Uh, Tell me if you consider this a real good one. Carlos Gomez, Philip Umber, Dielos Guerrera for Johan Santana. Dude, are we pleased with it? I mean, Johan gives you the no-hitter. He had some good years with the Mets. It feels like his tenure here was underwhelming, that we probably expected more. Obviously, Gomez ended up having a good career. Umber, not really. Philip Umber pitched a perfect game, but outside of that, there's really not that much to write home from. He was a good Met. I mean, Santana wasn't a bad Met. Santana was never bad is what I would tell people. Other than his last year after the no-hitter when he struggled. But before that, in 2008, he was amazing. In 2009, when he pitched, he was really good. In 2010, he was really good. Uh, he didn't pitch in 11. And then obviously, 12 is the year he had the no-hitter and then fell off the map. I would say that was a really good trade still, even despite it not living up to expectations. Right? No, the, the Johan Santana's a great trade. Again, they went. They saw 2007. They had one major flaw. They didn't have an ace to go to in game 162. The problem is you can't predict uh, your rotation for and, and how you're going to collapse and then when you're going to need the, the, your, your ace pitcher to, to, to be on the mound. And again, it was another collapse. They didn't have enough depth and the pitching staff. I'm sorry. I mean, hello, Oliver Perez. And, uh, you know, John Main was it? Was John, did John Main even pitch as well that year? I don't remember if 2008 was another good year for him. But Johan Santana came out and did exactly what we needed him to do. Unfortunately, it wasn't game 162, it was game 161. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was a good man. I think that we expected bigger things, but it wasn't necessarily his fault, like you said. I mean, he, Three days rest, torn meniscus, game 161. Pitches the game of his life. Pitches this incredible game. And if they go out and win game 162, even though he's pitching with a torn meniscus, who knows what happens? Maybe Johan Santana helps kind of guide the Mets 
through a deep postseason run in 2008. I think the combination that Gomez was a good player, he was not a great player, and that Santana was mostly good. And when Santana pitched, he was good. What's amazing, and I don't know if people would guess this, his career ERA was lower with the Mets than it was with the Twins. And I don't know if a lot of people would guess that considering how good he was with Minnesota. I mean, the guy won two Cy Youngs with the Minnesota Twins. You think of him more as a twin in terms of his dominance and success than you do as a Met. And yet, it's very close, by the way. It's not like it's by a lot. But he actually had a slightly better ERA with the Mets than he did the Minnesota Twins. This trade, I think if I brought this up three years ago, we're talking about it as an all-timer. But now, I'm not sure what you think of it. And that, of course, is R.A. Dickey, Josh Tolley, and Mike Nickius to the Toronto Blue Jays for minor leaguer Wilmer Becerra, John Buck, and then, of course, Travis Darno and Noah Syndergaard. How do you view that trade now? Uh, I still think it's an amazing trade. I think for what R.A. Dickey was what he turned out to be, and to even at the time, like, you know, you think about it, at that moment, you're getting back this, you know, we're, we're trying to make a play for uh, this, this catcher Travis Darnot and throw in Noah Syndergaard. Throw in Noah Syndergaard, why not? And Noah Syndergaard turns out to be, at that time, in 2015, 2016, this stud of a pitcher. I know he's a jerk. I know that we don't like him. He, he doesn't like us. But if you take away the emotions of it, Noah Syndergaard is still a fairly decent pitcher. And Travis Darnot won a World Series. He turned into the exact person that the the Mets traded for after he left the Mets. He turned into that catcher. That doesn't help us, though. No, it doesn't. He (laughs) sucked for us. But overall, you think about you actually traded an old, aging knuckleballer who was never going to do what he did for the Mets with the Blue Jays, and you traded for two guys who are, they've both played in World Series since they've left the Mets. Yeah. Well, no, for, forget about what they've done since then. Here's the way I would judge it. What did they do for the Mets? And the answer to that is enough. They did a lot. I mean, Travis Storno, when he played in 2015, was actually a productive player. Noah Syndergaard was a huge part of that 2015 team. He was the one starting pitcher who got an effing win in the World Series. He was the one who gave the whole, all right, I'll meet you, uh, you know, whatever that last 60 feet, six inches, whatever the line was. Um, So it was a steal. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Despite what we think of Syndergaard now, despite what we think of Travis Darno now, despite Darno being elsewhere, despite Syndergaard being elsewhere, you nailed it. They traded an aging knuckleballer for that. And it's an absolute no-brainer, slam-dunk, all-time trade. I think, obviously, if Syndergaard stuck around, if Darno stuck around, then we're talking about epic proportions for the trade. Then we're talking, this trade goes into the Hall of Fame kind of thing. This is the trade that you talk about to your grandkids. I don't know if it enters that territory because of the way it ended with Syndergaard and the way it ended with Darno, but in terms of what they did in 2015, uh, great trade, a great trade. And it was one of those moments where you knew they had to do it. Like I liked R.A. Dickey. We all enjoyed watching him have that 
tremendous 2012 season. Have that 20-win season. Have that Cy Young. Everything about it was great. But we also knew they got to max out on this. I'm always a believer that you got to trade guys when their value is high, but a lot of times it's tough to figure out who you should do that with. You know, a guy's value could be high, but if you love the guy and you want the guy on your team, you shouldn't trade him when their value is high. Uh, I'm a big Jacob DeGrom guy, right? In 2018, when he put it all together and had his first Cy Young year, you could easily have said, well, trade him. His value's high. Well, yeah, but then he ended up winning another Cy Young. So it's tough sometimes to to decide when to trade a guy when his value's high. But in R.A. Dickey's case, it was obvious. He was a knuckleballer. He was old. They had to do it. And boy, did they ever. They did it in grand, grand fashion. Uh, Sandy Alderson made a bunch of good trades as GM of the New York Mets. A bunch of really good trades as GM of the New York Mets, quite frankly. And... That one was a big one. That was a big one. And I, I, I recall getting angry with John Feinstein, who did a CBS Sports Minute in which he ripped the Wilpons. And this was a rare case off. I had to defend them. He ripped the Wilpons for trading the beloved R.A. Dickey. And I, I cut off the Sports Minute. I turned my mic on and said, I don't want this man ever talking about the New York Mets ever again on our radio station. This guy don't know what he's talking about. This has nothing to do with the Wilpons being cheap. This has to do with being smart about a guy coming off a career season. Now, was there some cheapness involved in that the Wilpons didn't want to pay him? There's always cheapness involved. But if you're smart, you trade him. And he also referred to Noah Syndergaard as a bag of balls. That also bothered me. The Mets traded a Cy Young Award winner for a catching prospect and a bag of balls. And I'm a bag of balls. Stop talking baseball and stop talking Mets on our radio station then. If you're that ill-informed, uninformed, whatever the freaking term is. Let me just say something. You you nailed it. Uh, as far as Sandy also, listen, Will Ponza, everything was always cheap, which is why Jason Bay was signed, which is why... Uh, we can go down the laundry list of, of of people that they chose to go for rather than make a move for somewhere else. Why they sat there with Luis Castillo rather than went, listen, Orlando Hudson was never the best second baseman, but the guy wanted to come and play here. We couldn't have him play here because Luis Castillo was just eating up a crappy second base. But the point is, is that Sandy Alderson, the one thing I will always give him credit for with his first tenure, uh, for the most part, he was able to... to manipulate these moves. I mean, listen, you think about what Carlos Beltran turned into Zach Wheeler, that R.A. Dickey turned into Noah Syndergaard and and Travis Dardone. He traded away pieces, aging pieces, for what turned into was was a World Series team. Yep, no doubt. It's crazy to think about. He did. He absolutely did. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And finally, in this trade, the jury is still out on, but I do want to bring it up because I think enough has happened for a lot of us to say this is an all-timer. But again... There is still a lot that can happen with this. And that, of course, is the trade that was made on December 3rd, 2018, about four, a little over four years ago, when the Mets acquired Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano for Jay Bruce, Anthony Swarsak, Gerson Batista, Justin Dunn, and Jared Kelnick. Uh, the jury's out on Cano, on Bruce, on Swarsak, and Batista, for the most part with Dunn, to a degree. Jared Kelnick, we still don't know. The, it doesn't look like he's going to be a star. I mean, he's not off to a, a star start in his major league career. And I think that was always the big fear that Matt fans had, the fear that Jared Kelnick could turn out to be one of the best players in baseball. He is still only 23 years old, but when he's played, he's at 168, you know, which is not good. And he's had 500 career at-bats. There comes a point, no matter how young you are, well, you just start to wonder, is this guy going to turn into anything? And then obviously on the other side, Edwin Diaz. He began his Met career. His first season as a Met was not very good. He got better in 2020, shorter season, was better in 2021, and then obviously put together a great, great season in 2022. And that's not it. He re-signed right out of the gate during this offseason. And so the Edwin Diaz story is not done. Our view on Edwin Diaz could get even better. Our view on Edwin Diaz can get worse. You know, that's obviously on the table. He just signed a massive, massive contract. I don't know what we're going to say about Edwin Diaz two years from now. And I also don't know what we're going to say about Jared Kelnick two years from now. But as of right now, we are four years removed from this trade. It's great. <laughs> I mean, right now, it is a great, great, great trade by Brody Van Wagenen. They would have been terrible. It would have been awful, atrocious, if it wasn't for Steve Cohen. Because I think that Cano would have been lingering around a little bit longer this year, and that would have been terrible. Um, so I think for Steve Cohen coming in and able to take charge of the situation and say, we're, going to, we're, we're playing different games. For mistakes that we've made, we're going to move on from them. I think that takes a little bit more of the pain away. Obviously, if you just take it for Cano, uh, if you just take it for Edwin Diaz for for Kelnick, yeah, it's it's it's, it's an amazing trade. It's an amazing trade. Uh, but the money issue hindered us and 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 caused us to to tiptoe through life for a few more years, which always annoys Mets fans. Yeah, no doubt. I think right now, though, that's all that's left. I mean, all that's left in judging this trade, whether it gets even better as a Met fan or it gets turns the other way, is Edwin Diaz and Jared Kelnick. To a degree, Justin Dunn, too. But that's what's going to determine it. The Robbie Cano thing is dead now. It's over. Yeah, for a, a, an early part of this trade, we viewed it Robinson Cano. 
And we viewed his contract and we viewed his steroid suspensions and we viewed his lack of production. But now it's about Edwin Diaz. It's about Jared Kelnick. And four years after the trade, it turns out to be great. I can't put it yet on my Mount Rushmore that I'm about to create because of the TBA factor. The fact that there is still thing, there are things that can change. I don't think I'm ever going to turn around and hate the trade at this point because Edwin Diaz has already given you enough production. Even if it turns bad for Edwin Diaz, I don't think you can just ignore how great he was in 2022. You just can't delete that. Obviously, Jared Kelnick becomes Mike Trout. That's not going to look good. So I'm going to leave it off my Mount Rushmore. And again, at the top of this podcast, we included all the trades prior to our understanding as Met fans. I'm not including it only because I didn't have emotions at the time, but I do pay tribute to trading for Tommy Agee, for Jesse Orozco, for trading for Ron Darling, Howard Johnson, El Cid, obviously the Gary Carter trade, which may be the best of all time, the David Cohen trade, the Bob Ojeda trade, um, the John Franco trade. I'm not including it only because for the Mount Rushmore I'm building, I'm just giving you the emotions I had at the time and that I have now. Those are before my time. So here are my four. The trade for Armando Benitez. You're damn right I'm doing it because Armando Benitez was here and he was good and he was the closer and Roger Cedeno had a damn good year and remember all the Mets gave up was a guy everyone knew they had to trade in Todd Hundley. Trade number two, Carlos Delgado. Yes, Yusamro Petit had a fine major league career, but come on. Carlos Delgado in the middle of that lineup in 2006. Mm -mm -mm. Carlos Delgado trade number two. Number three, the Mike Hampton trade. Look, Octavio Dotel had a very nice career. Roger Cedeno didn't. He came back and bit our ass. But Mike Hampton, for the one year he was here, forget free agency, forget the school systems, for the one year he was here, he was the ace we needed. Until game two of the World Series. That we leave out. But NLCS MVP, through over 200 innings, he was damn, damn good for the one year he was here. And I don't think the Mets get to a World Series without him. And finally, John Olerud for Robert Person. That's a damn good trade, too. Got three great years out of Olerud. I wish it was more. He was a beloved Met. That's my Mount Rushmore of off-season trades in my lifetime. Off. All right, so I, I love it. It's a great list. It's a fantastic list. I, I can't go exactly like you, but I think John Olerud's a no-brainer. I think that, that we've easily said that. Is it possible, because I don't know why I connect these two so much, is it possible to have like Carlos Delgado and the Paul LaDuca trade together, or no? Is that No, they can't split. It's separate trades, man. Uh, it feels Look, that, like the same, because it wasn't like a week later. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like the Al Leiter Dennis Cook thing. I mean, it was an offseason in which the Marlins kept feeding the Mets talent. And by the way, Al Leiter, leaving that trade off kills me. But, you know, maybe I should. Maybe I should put that away. No, 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 no. You, you, you leave it off because I'm putting him on mine. Oh, so I have right. Al Leiter. So we go. We, we kind of. <laughs> We kind of finagle that way. So, okay, so I got John Olerud, Carlos Delgado, Al Leiter, and then uh, it's tough because I do think the R.A. Dickey trade is that good. Like, if you think about it overall, right. where it led us was was amazing. And that's the thing. is I'm having a tough time because I, I uh, it's between that and Johan Santana. I think that Johan Santana was 
just as important of a trade, even though it didn't lead to the right places. It was important. But I think because of that, I have to go Ari Dickey. All right, fair enough. I mean, there's some good ones. No doubt about it. It's not easy. I do regret now not having the outlier trade up there. It's your fault. <laughs> I know. Hey, listen. This is my first reaction. I've got to stick with it. Any comments, thoughts, things to argue with, you can always tweet us or email us. TheRicoB at gmail.com. TheRicoB at gmail.com. Thank you for taking that walk down memory lane on Rico Bronya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.